Faye, I don't know about you, but out here in Washington, we're starting to see COVID on the rise yet again. Same here. We're getting a lot more COVID patients back on the wards over here, Nick. I don't know about you, but it took me a long time to really like find and get back into what exactly I needed to do with a COVID patient after not seeing patients for so long with it. Yeah. And the good thing is, you know, a lot of these resources are on the OBG Project's website and you can go in and go and find all the information that you need about COVID-19 outside of pregnancy and in pregnancy. Yeah, they've got a button on their website that has topics ranging from FAQs for gynecologic care, treatment guidelines for COVID-19 if you've been reassigned outside and been placed into an ICU, as well as key research um, that's coming out, new stuff every single day. Exactly. And the best way to get all of this information is if you subscribe to OBG First, which is their subscription service, you can get all of this information plus more and also create your own library of all the resources that you want from their website. If you're a chief resident, you can get OBG First absolutely free. Head on over to our website, www.creogsovercoffee.com. Check out the sidebar, see how you can get OBG First and all these nice COVID-19 updates for absolutely free. And Faye, I think too, just as part of today's episode, we've got a little bit of an exciting announcement. As we have moved to different places, um, we've been settling in as fellows, but I think, you know, six months into our fellowship, we've gotten a little bit more comfortable. I found out where all the bathrooms are. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) we are happy to announce that we are going to be going back to weekly episodes just like we had before. We hope that this will be great for you guys in time for Creog season for the residents out there. All right, guys, welcome back. This is Faye. This is Nick. And this is Creog's Over Over Coffee. Coffee. So today is our special 100th episode interview of each other. So unfortunately today, there's not going to be a lot of content, but we thought that we would celebrate this milestone by talking a little bit about ourselves and talking a little bit about what we've learned um, in making this podcast over the last two years. Yeah, Faye, I think this is crazy to think that this little project that we got started now has gone on for this long a hundred times we've done this (laughs) exactly we still can't say creogs over coffee together though (laughs) all of that's edited (laughs) we're working on it every single time and one of these days there will be perfect synchrony (laughs) exactly all right nick let's i mean let's jump into it so I, i i think one question that i feel like i always get when people talk to me about the podcast is like how did we decide to start the podcast did you want to talk about that a little bit yeah i mean you know, this was really just a story of need, I think. You know, we were fortunate enough to do, as we've talked about before, our residency over in Rhode Island at Brown and Women and Infants Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were in the midst of sort of some curriculum change, particularly in our outpatient um, side, where we were looking to do something different. And one of our brilliant faculty, the lovely Bridget Kelly, who's now over at the University of Wisconsin, um, kind of came up with the idea of every time that we got together and talked about a topic, we'd just put a cell phone down in the middle of a room and we'd have that recording so that way whatever other classmate was not there to listen to the talk 
could listen to it at home. And I remember going back and listening to some of those first things we did in that style, Faye, and just sometimes, you know, you'd go back and try and listen and you just like strain a little bit to hear, like, especially Mm -hmm. for my voice, you know, if I'm not up against a mic, I don't carry in a room super well. (laughs) (laughs) Soft spoken, but effective. (laughs) Um. And so, yeah, you just like, you'd miss out on some of these insights or some of the conversation or whatever. Um, And we came back from that clinic one nice afternoon walking down the street in Providence. It's like, what if we just added a little bit of production value to what we're trying to do here? Yeah, get some mics, you know? (laughs) Um, And the rest was kind of history after that. That's when I learned about Faye knowing how to podcast already because she's a secret ninja at lots of different skills and <laughs> this was my first foray into anything like this and it's been an absolutely wild ride yeah I think it's, it's been really great it. I know it's been a lot of fun making this podcast and I have to say that you know a lot of it is just um you know we're not getting really paid to do any of this stuff so it's it's nice to sit down sometimes and make this like you know the little pet project that I have on the side when I'm like burnt out from like doing clinical work or like doing research it's nice to like have something else that I can do that kind of entertains me um and also is is a learning opportunity right yeah Faye, I guess, you know, like I said, you know, this was my first foray into podcasting. So I think for me, a lot of it was like learning what is podcast, how to podcast. Um, yeah. What did you, what did you learn coming away from all of this or in the first hundred episodes? Um, I mean, one of the things that I am really interested in, of course, is medical education. And I think, you know, doing this podcast has really taught me a lot about how people learn and how people prefer to learn, Um, especially I think in people in our age group or people even below us coming up in medical school. I think a lot of times people value efficiency in learning. So a lot of times, you know, it's hard if you're on the wards, you're running around to pull out, you know, Williams obstetrics, which is uh, probably like... Like five pounds worth of textbook to read. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's much easier to pull out something like your phone, your iPad, whatever it may be, and learn that way. And so I think, you know, a lot of what this has taught me is how we learn through different methods. And I think more and more people are learning through, you know, a, a, a movement that we've been really advocating for, which is FOAM, which is the free open access medical education, which is like podcasts, blogs, whatever it may be, because I think that's how people are learning today, whether we like it or not, whether other people like it or not. And I think by kind of leaning into it and making sure that we put out a good product, we're at least embracing that movement and at least making sure that there is integrity in that style of learning. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it surprised me too, like how social learning is and even just like the act of us like coming together and talking, but even broader than that, like just the reach of social media and such is incredible when it comes to learning Um, and seems to be, as you said, becoming much more of an exciting and new way and a preferred way of learning. Totally. And I think the other thing that's really interesting is um, how people are getting access to primary resources even. You know, I think a lot of times people are are saying like, oh my gosh, Faye, how did you like learn about that article 
and I'm like, oh, it's on Twitter. <laughs> like the art, <laughs> the journal like just tweeted about it, and that was how I first learned about it. And they announce that before they even email about it, before it comes out in print. Obviously, um, the first thing that they do is they tweet or they put it on their Facebook page or something. Yeah. And so that is really how I think a lot of people are getting brand new information. And I, I think, um, you know, the other question that I've gotten a lot too, Nick, um, maybe you can help us answer is like where we see the podcast going. I think especially when we were getting towards the end of residency, people were like, oh my gosh, is Creographer Coffee going to end? Um, what are you guys going to do now that you're going to be in different locations? Obviously, you know, we've continued the podcast, but where do you see things going? What if we run out of topics? Yeah, you know, I I hope that we don't run out of topics. Like, is that even possible? Uh, <laughs> There's, Not at this point. Yeah, there's, <laughs> I feel like there's so, so much, much to talk about. And I feel like every day when I'm yeah on labor and delivery, even just talking obstetrics alone, because that's all I'm living and breathing right now, like there's so much stuff that you could try and cover either, you know, in the like fine tooth comb type of detail or even the big picture stuff. There's tons of things we still haven't had a chance to get to. Yeah. Um, so there's certainly like more that we want to talk about, but I think that we're going to find ourselves hopefully doing a little bit more like our oxygen episode, you know, the sort of like yeah. getting into the debates a little bit, um, talking about some of those evidence-based discussions, the things that we do, the reasons we do things, or maybe the things we do for no reason. I think, you know, all of that is a really interesting place to get into, um, and is a place to do some learning that might even hit another level that appeals a little bit more to, again, the adult learner. And hopefully as we grow up in our careers, um, we sort of grow along with the podcast. Where do you see things going? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the the beautiful things about being involved in social media and this type of podcast and having these episodic releases is that we can have interaction with our listeners and people who are interested in the podcast. Um, and one example you already put out was like the auction episode, which I think you said – Came, the idea came from a nurse that approached you that was like, hey, mm -hmm. why do we do this? Or like, are we supposed to keep doing this? Why did we stop doing this? Um, and I think, you know, having people who are engaged in the podcast is really great. And having those questions um, is really great from our learners because we learn that way too. Um, and we also get to know like what people really want to know about, right? And it it sparks at least like my interest when I'm like, oh yeah, you know, why do we do that? Definitely want to talk a, a more about evidence-based discussions. And then also, hopefully, as things progress, you know, pregnant women will be involved in more studies. Yeah. And we can hopefully talk about, you know, other medical indications or other medical treatments um, when pregnant women have been involved. Right. We like just recorded an episode on postpartum cardiomyopathy or sorry, peripartum cardiomyopathy. And we had talked about the treatment, how basically treatment is just like any other type of cardiomyopathy because there's not a lot of studies involving mm -hmm. pregnant women with peripartum cardiomyopathy. So I, I think that's where I hope the podcast goes. I think, you know, we still definitely want guests to come on and talk about GYN topics, gynoc topics, urogyn topics, things that we're not going to be experts in anymore. But I do really think that it'll be interesting to start kind of getting into these more journal club type discussions. Yeah. And I guess kind of building on that, Faye, too, you know, even thinking more broadly, um, you mentioned a career in medical education, and I think both of us have had our like fires stoked as part of this experience for med yeah. ed. Um, what do you want to see more of? Well, I think 
One thing that I find really frustrating is that medical education and OBGYN, and I suspect probably in other subspecialties too, I, I, I can't speak for them obviously because you know my experience is in OB-GYN, is that I feel like every residency has their own curriculum. Everyone kind of does their own thing. And even though CREOG has these, these objectives, I feel like every single residency is like recreating the wheel every single time, mm, right? Sure, yeah. And like, why is that? We all have to learn the same things. We're all going to be OBGYNs at the end of residency. Um, and so one thing that I would love to see is a breakdown of these walls, um, breakdown of these silos, maybe coming up with some kind of national curriculum for OBGYN residents. Um, and I think one of the things that I really love about this podcast is that it is widespread, meaning that anybody from anywhere, you know, anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world, you can download these episodes um, and it's going to be the same. So, you know, hopefully, cross your fingers, we can have some type of national curriculum for OBGYN residents that everybody learns. And so if, even if you're going to Brown or Penn or, you know, University of Washington, you're going to learn the same things. Yeah. What about you, Nick? Yeah, you know, I think one of the things that has struck me in doing this, and I guess I should have expected it, but also just hadn't seen it, is that there really are like a limited number of tools to engage learners. And we're seeing more technology come out. You know, I think a lot of people are probably familiar now with like the quiz game creation things that are out there, like the cahoots and yeah. whatnot, you know, some of the other stuff along that line that's coming out. Um, but as you mentioned, you know, the podcast format, at least for me, is really nice because it works within the life that I had as a resident, even as a fellow. It's just you're crunched for time. You know, you have 15 minutes in between X and Y, and you can take that time to try and, like, not lose your place in Williams or Gabby or Crazy and Resnick or whatever book it is. Um, you can try and pick up one of the journals and try and, you know, do the super elegant task of dissecting a study and figure out whether it's applicable to your practice and was it well done or not. Or mm -hmm. you can get into one of these digestible formats that, again, though limited, gets you a lot of the essential knowledge. And I think I'd love to see more technology try to meet learners in that space of yeah. we know that you're limited for time. But I think that there's some creative stuff that we can do to maximize those little bits of time, again, to make this a better playing field. Yeah, totally. One other question that I get a lot, and I think we've gotten a few emails about this too, is people who are interested in making a medical education podcast, whether in OBGYN or other subspecialties like radiology and stuff like that. I mean, what would you what would you say to people who would, you know, come up to you and ask you about how to start a podcast? Yeah, I mean, take it from someone who never did it before and now is doing it. You know, you just you gotta go do it. I mean, it's super helpful to have somebody alongside you like you for me that knows exactly like the ins and outs and some of the more basics of like you know putting things together adding the value to it but um yeah, and and uh i mean full disclosure it's i like act like i know what i'm talking about it's really all googling <laughs> <laughs> but even that says something right it's like it's um it's less intimidating i think than people make it out sure to um and we fortunately have had the luxury of the time to know each other and to like really put our, you know, love into doing this, but you no, know, go out and do it. 
that's like the that's the big piece of advice i think yeah and i think it's you can make it as fancy or as like not fancy as you want right i mean now we have our nice fancy microphones and things like that but you know when we started we had like one microphone that we were sharing between the two of us um and i've noticed even when we interview people they just use their normal like headphone microphone and it sounds fine yeah i mean the Um, airpods have come like they're almost like crystal listening to audio back on those Right. And so I think a lot of people feel like it's – you have to have all this fancy equipment. It's going to be really hard to do. But really, you should just like – if you have something to talk into, like a microphone, which every computer is going to come with nowadays, it's really easy to do. Um, And I will say now, you know, if anyone has any more questions and concerns or anything like that, Nick and I actually have a lecture about this. So feel free to, you know, email us. We're happy to give you more information. Faye, one other question I guess I got for you. I want to hear a little bit more about how your experience with this podcast is shaping your career, Um, what you're taking away and what things you're jumping off into to inform your future. You know, coming into this um, and like part of my residency was I was interested in medical education and I knew that that was what I wanted to do. And I think, you know, this podcast has definitely opened many more doors to that. Um, I think people have like recognized us as the podcast people. (laughs) Um, So I've kind of just leaned into being, you know, the podcast person at my fellowship, you know, at national meetings. And it's really opened a lot of doors to getting to know other people who are in medical education um, and being able to get to know them and talk to them about their careers and, you know, bouncing ideas off of other people. I think number one, that is, that that's been really, really lovely. Um, The second thing that I've realized is that there's not a ton of medical education studies out there, and which makes sense because I think education and how people learn, that's so hard to study. Like how Mm -hmm. do you measure learning? How do you measure competency with a skill, whatever it is? Um, But I I do think that that is something that I want to delve into more and I want to – try at least to figure out how to do that. And I think, you know, more and more my research is going to be around patient education, our patients learning well from what we have taught them as doctors. Um, How can we improve that? And then of course, you know, medical students, residents, fellows, how do they learn and how can we improve that? What about you, Nick? Do you feel like, um, I mean, obviously you're doing this. (laughs) Part of your career definitely has to be medical education, but do you feel like it's kind of sparked other interests? Yeah, you know, I um I feel like I've had this interest of like quality of care and like different like how do you bring high quality care to different environments? Um and education I think is a big factor in a lot of that, you know, especially like if you go to a place that for instance may see a placenta accreta spectrum type of thing once every 10 years um, or a major hemorrhage event versus, you know, being in an academic medical center where that happens a couple times a month. And, you know, trying to do your best to get the best practices everywhere so you have equitable care, the best equitable care that you can absolutely achieve. And I think that the podcast, for instance, is a great way to do that, but that's also where I'd love to see more creativity and learning because I think getting some of this stuff out to you know beyond the MDDOs of the world but to the 
you know, the midwifery um, students and midwifery faculty and, you know, even for folks that are practicing like lay midwifery in communities, if we can try and make birth safer for people, um, right. at least from, you know, again, my obstetrically minded perspective, then that's an awesome thing for us to have done with a, with a podcast like this. Yeah. Um, but that's like a big pipe dream and measuring some of those things and trying to think about those things is definitely a, a long ways off, but it's part yeah. of what's percolating in my head. We talked a little bit about social media, Nick. I mean, obviously we have a Twitter for Career Exit Coffee. We have an Instagram. Personally have Twitter accounts that we like sometimes tweet from. I don't feel like I am still as facile with social media as I feel like other people are. Um, do you feel like, you know, there are other avenues that we could go in social media? Like, should we be doing Kriogs over coffee TikToks? Um, which, you know, like I said, I, I don't even have downloaded on my phone because I don't really know what that is. And maybe that's just, you know, now that I'm 30, like, am I just <laughs> old now and can't learn these things? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I'd love to see your Kriogs over coffee dance on TikTok. I think that would be awesome. Oh, no. Nobody else wants to see that. <laughs> um, but no, I think it speaks, you know, to a little bit of what we talked about earlier, of some of these like evolving technologies and trying to embrace them for learning. You know, the Gen Z folks, the people that are younger than us even really are looking at, you know, these short form learning, the tutorials, mm -hmm. the TikToks, um, and getting like valuable information from them. Um, yeah. and so learning to leverage some of that technology, I think would be in all of our best interests. You mentioned foam earlier, Faye, the free open access medical education. Um, is that where you'd want to see a curriculum go? It's like a foam curriculum. <laughs> I mean, I think that would be amazing. Right. And the question is like, why can't what we have be free open access, right? Textbooks, all of that information can be put online, can be made readily accessible. Um, you know, maybe whoever is writing and earning money from Williams Obstetrics is not going to like me saying that. <laughs> but I do think that um, a lot of that information, a lot of that valuable information could be free and open access. I don't think that it's going to take away what we're going to learn from residency or medical school. Obviously, you know, the hands-on information that you're going to learn from actually doing a C-section, from actually doing a laparoscopic hysterectomy, you're still going to need to learn from residency. Um, but at least for me, I felt like, you know, the reading that I was doing in residency very little of it was coming from a textbook. A lot more of it was coming because I had to figure things out for myself um, when I was like, oh crap, you know, I'm doing a, a hysterectomy tomorrow for abnormal uterine bleeding. Let me go um, and figure out what abnormal uterine bleeding is and, you know, <laughs> how we treat it, right? And really, you know, the nice thing that our societies already have is that ACOG already has these like amazing practice bulletins that, you know, there's a longer format that you can read or you can just read the very end of it, just like the recommendations and like the level of evidence behind those recommendations, which which is really great. And I, I feel like other subspecialties, if they don't have that, should definitely embrace something like that. This has been awesome, Faye. Any parting thoughts? 
I guess what I want to say is that for people who are interested in medical education, if you're interested in doing something like a podcast, videos, infographics, any of those things, I would say definitely just go out and do it. I think there's a need. I think there's going to be people who are going to flock to it who like it and that, you know, if you need help with any of those things, um, while our you know, expertise is really just in podcasts. We're happy to like help anyone out um, with any of those things. And we've spent a lot of time today, I think, talking about sort of graduate medical education topics too. But you know, the other folks that definitely are learning on the run right now with all of the Zoom and whatnot are undergraduate medical students. Um, sure, right. And, you know, as a parting thought for you guys, too, we definitely are interested in trying to make the, this learning available and exciting for you guys um, and trying to make it accessible, too, because sometimes when you're sitting there in your human physiology, reproductive medicine, second year course that does, I think every medical school has some version of that. It's hard to see the forest for the trees. Um, mm -hmm. And this stuff we hope to kind of bridge to you um, and make it more mm -hmm. exciting. Yeah, definitely. All right, Nick, I think that brings us to the end of this episode. So once again, this is Faye. This is Nick. And this has been Creogs Over Coffee. So guys, if you enjoyed our episode today, our 100th episode, head on over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Give us a five-star rating interview. You can find us on social media, on Twitter at CareerOxerverCoff1, on Instagram and Facebook at CareerOxerverCoffee. And if you want to donate to us, you can go onto our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash CareerOxerverCoffee. You can give us a donation. We'll give you a shout out on the show or some swag. There won't be too much in the way of notes for this episode, but for all of our previous episodes, you can find notes on our website at www.careerOxerverCoffee.com. And if you have suggestions for us, if you want to figure out how to start your very own podcast, give us an email at careogsovercoffee at gmail.com. <laughs>